the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. So we're back with our cast of regulars with Ace and Jerry, and I am thrilled to introduce Desiree Patno, who's the CEO and President of Women in Housing, and um, she is championing women's economic growth and independence, and she represents Fortune 100 companies in their relocation needs and selling thousands of properties across multiple platforms. And so she really has a mission of advancing women, and I am so thrilled to have her on the show. I think we became really friends. We were at a great concert. Uh, hi, Desiree. Hi, good morning. This is exciting. I love this. This is fabulous. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, I said we, we really kind of, we, it was a great conference we were at. We met great women. And uh, as Desiree and I got to know each other, and she, you've been in real estate a long time, right? I mean, for your whole life. In 1990, I started professionally. I've been uh, working with my mother, building homes, and we've been in the construction business for many years. So, yeah, you could say almost my entire life I've been involved in, in real estate in some yeah. fashion or form. Yeah, she grew up in it. And you do so many different things. I want you, like, and, 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 and you, you really go and speak and, and, and inform people about what, what, the, what things they can do, what things that they should be aware of. Um, you are really very big on t- helping women uh, get to the level they need to do. Why don't you tell us some of the things? Because I mean, I just, I mean, listening to her, she's just a dynamo, and I am so pleased to have that. We will stay friends forever, and hopefully, we'll do some things together. But why don't you tell us? I mean, because you 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 speak all over the country, and uh, you, I, tell us some of the I things. I do. I do, and thank you for it. This is an incredible opportunity. Um, I, the the impact of what we wanted to bring is is that you know being in the business like you, um, you know you get an access like you buying Prudential and going through that whole process. You know, thinking uh, speaking around the country, what we do is is we go and we try to bring and enlighten not only women but small businesses on the, the aspect of real estate. It's bigger just buying and selling properties, as you know. Um, and so the idea is, is that by bringing gender equality out there, by making sure that they have the uh, where and the knowledge of buying and selling. It's like you, you just had the gentleman on the call regarding the bathroom. You know, what do you name that bathroom? How do you, how do you go with it? And we call them a custom entry, a custom level entry shower. 
tub. A custom level way, entry shower. Shower tub. Uh-huh. Okay, I like it. I like it. <laughs> that way, as we know, we don't like to get as, quote, older or deactivate girth, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So these are the things that we do. When we go around the country, we speak about women's homeownership. You know, we hear about all different kinds of, of you know, trying to push that different kind of classifications or diversifications or impact a low to moderate income, you know, housing, which is a real uh, high shortage. And then we talked about the luxury market, which, you know, obviously you're the leader of leaders. Um, and so the idea is, is that when we can bring in that single women are out buying single men since 1986 um, in the home ownership piece, that's huge. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't. You don't. I don't know how many that. people really know that, but single women are really opposed to are 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 a bigger population of buying homes when they're single than men, and that's how long that's been going on since how long? 1986. That's almost 32 years. Right. I don't know how many people really even know that, um, but it's a big number. So why do you it's, think that? Why do you think more single? Why, why do you think more? And again, there's no scientific answer. Just curious. Why do you think more single women buy homes than single men? Women like to be stationary. Women like to have, they take less risk. So they want to have a place they can call their own. And so, you know, there's more single women having children, obviously. Um, we're having our own impact of having that we want to have our own walls, what I do in my walls. It's like you were saying, well, you know, design it for you. Yeah, maybe when you resell it or you get to choose to resell your home. So what happens in those four walls is my control. It's not someone else's control. Um, and then it also allows us um, to have our thought process. We call it the sanctuary. So with that being that we're, you know, more independent, we need to, you know, be the quarterback of the home, you know, like um, taking care of the children, working, you know, making sure that the, the household effects are taken care of. That's a real tall order. And if you're doing that under a rental control to where someone, a landlord's telling you what to do or property management coming in and dealing with all those components, it adds another layer to everything. Yeah. You know, um, Desiree, I, I, I kind of agree with you only because I can say for myself. And at first I thought it was my signs because I'm a Taurus. And so uh, <laughs> Taurus likes homes. I mean, they like they like nice things, but they like a home. They like stability. But a right. home was that important to me for me to own it because it gave me a sense of security. And kind yep. of when I moved to New York City and I first started renting, and then they sold what I was renting, and then I rented something else, and they sold that. I'm like, I'm not. I don't. I don't feel secure this way. That at any moment somebody could tell me to move. And so I think a lot of women feel, and I don't. And we talked a little in the beginning of the show, which another day we'll get into it about how women really don't don't invest like men do. But I think when it comes to investments, the one thing they do really, really want, and it gives them a sense of security, is a home. They have to have a home base. That home base is so important. And to have a home base and to have control of your home base means you have to own it in, in its 
and its base of, of, of all complexity. Um, and that's where, you know, the HOAs used to be a big deal, you know, to whether you want to live in an HOA that had control that you helped the values versus not. Um, so there's a real push to whether a woman would like to live in an HOA, possibly for security reasons and the gated community, right, um, versus then in a non-controlled environment that goes with it. So you're seeing a trend that's going more into HOAs than before it was to be not because we could have control or do what we wanted on the exterior. But now with the HOA, way um, with just having a little bit of extra layer um, it helps because inside the four walls is the most important thing that we're finding well I think um, and I'm going to get her to come on the show uh, but years ago years ago and I think Jerry I don't know if Ace it might be too but Faith Popcorn uh, met, I think one of her first books and so I think it was 25 years ago I don't know how long but it was a long time ago she wrote it and it was called The Popcorn Effect so she was talking about the future and Again, I don't know if I grew up in a fairy tale world or that it, it, you know, the news wasn't on 24 hours, but you really didn't hear about all the stuff you hear about today. And uh, she said, she was predicting the future. It's called the popcorn effect. And she said that people are going to live in gated communities when at the time gated communities were not popular. Condos weren't so popular. It was like, oh, let me go to a condo so I could then go to a house. Uh, and now these gated communities uh, or or homeowners associations, uh, which is uh, what Desiree is talking about, have become so popular. And I, I also think it gives people a sense of security. It could be my imagination. But I think, uh, what do you think, Jerry or Ace? Well, I mean, I, you know, gated communities, uh, I'm not sure that the millennials are going to go towards a gated community. It seems to me that some of the trends for the younger generation of home buyers now is, is um, more, you know, shared living spaces, right? I mean, like the, you know, in the cities we see the, these, we work type examples, but in the living situation now. So I don't know if gated community is going to appeal to that group to tell you the truth. Ace, what do you think? Yeah. You know, um, I see more gated community, communities out in the suburbs and um, as long as they, they build a sense of community um, I kind of like it, it yeah. you, know, you, feel safe. you have that guard in the front uh, I think it's what I think it's yeah. really when you think of a gated community don't think of the old gated communities that you know right. just right right I, I, I think and even if you look at what's, what's happening in New York if the community has see and, and 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 homeowners associations, you own your house and they're not necessarily attached or anything, but there's amenities that you can also share. And I think that the millennials want to have those amenities around them. They don't. They would prefer having things very close to them. Whereas now, don't get me wrong. When you're buying a second home. You might be looking for something very different. But I think for their primary residences, they, gated communities may be the wrong word to use, but they want a sense of community where everything's around and there's the parks and there's the restaurants and, the, and that they don't really have to go anywhere, that they don't have to go far to get anything. Uh, women want convenience. Women want time is so important to them. So the single women want to have everything. So your millennials are still in the aspect that if they have all the amenities that are in that complex, let's see, in a sky rise, that they don't have to walk blocks and blocks and blocks, 
that time is so important to the millennials. And as women have been mothers, um, that time is also exceptionally precious because there's only so many hours in the day. Um, and so, you know, we value that above everything. So if a community has everything there, I mean, you know the statistics, Dottie, that, you know, that the um, ultra-high net worth people that are buying things and selling things in the, in the luxury market, that they're not driving an hour or two to go somewhere. But that's what's in five miles of that radius, they're all about buying, getting the best within that five miles because that time is so precious now. It's not it about is. buying the best of the best. And, and I would also say there's a difference between somebody who's buying a first and a second home. But even in second homes, a lot of people want a sense of something that they can drive to. Uh, whereas I think years ago, they had these big estates and you could uh, drive miles before you get to something. So things do change. Now, you made a, a point of, of, of telling me when we had dinner that... 2018, we're celebrating 30 years since men don't have to co-sign a business loan. And I never really even realized that. You're saying that 30 years ago, men had to sign a business loan for women? Yes, absolutely. H.R. 5050 is a bill that came out that the act was for that if you were to get a start a business in uh, the United States, a male had to co-sign. The, the the business loan. So a man, no matter who it was, had to be physically on the on the loan. So now uh, that's what the NWBC, which is the National Women's Business Council, was formed um, in 1988. It was it's the advisor to the president, Congress, and SBA, um, and that was formed because to help guide to make sure that we don't have that problem anymore. So we're celebrating 30 years that we no longer have to get a co-signer to get a business loan. Um, and and you, Dom, know you know, that sounds archaic. So I wasn't even aware. I mean, that sounds so archaic because it. But let me ask you, because sure. I, I, I know you're going to come on many like a bunch of times because I want you There's so much you can talk about. But you also go around and you make people aware of how they can uh, get government. Like, in other words, for uh, women or minorities, I I. There's some programs, there are many programs out there that somebody can get, uh, apply to, to help a small business or to start a small business. Oh, yes, absolutely. So talk about real estate. So when you're buying a home, there's a lot, as you know, that the, they're having um, businesses and homes that are being bought, bought together. So the idea is a lot of people are, are building their own businesses and working from home. You know, brick and mortars is, um, you know, going down as far as the impact of small businesses. So what happens is that we also go around, we sit on the national platform for the SBA. There's only 10, 11 uh, organizations that do. And we go around and help uh, businesses be sustainable. So especially for women, you know, women buying homes, how do you, how do you, uh, make sure that women can still afford to buy a home and keeping their business sustainable. So we go around the nation um, teaching and explaining, and more importantly, how to get the resources to get government grants, to get access to capital. Like, very incredible point to your listeners. Um, look at all the natural disasters that happened, right? There's been incredible natural disasters that happened this past year, and the idea is that you can actually get loans through the SBA, which is a small business administration, but has nothing to do with the business side, and actually can give your renters $40,000, your homeowners $200,000 for no money application, no first payment for the first year. They waive all that, 
and you know, and at 1.75% interest rate, that's free money. Well, you know about that, and I don't. Jerry, do you or Ace? No, absolutely not. So give us a, a, a way that somebody can get in touch with you because really that's a, I mean that I have no idea how that works and it sounds almost too good to be true but I know that you go around the country and talk about that so if somebody wants to find out if they can qualify or how that works uh, how would they get a, how can they get in touch with you um, very easily it's um, our website is n is in Nancy a is an apple w for women r for Robert b for business.com. Um, or again, that's nawrb.com, or you can call us at 1-800-337-3996. Again, that's 800-337-3996. Um, and uh, you're welcome to, uh, or you can email us at info at nawrb.com. So that's I. Okay, and we will post it, so we will also post that information. Well, Desiree, it was great having you on. I know you'll come back in a couple of weeks. And I really would like to kind of do a little homework on that because that'll, I, I really think that's a wonderful program. I don't know much about it. I don't think any of us do. So um, I'd like to be a little bit more versed on it because that, that would, that would present a great opportunity for so many people. So uh, I'd love you to talk about that when you come back on. I would absolutely love to. Thank you very much because it's unlimited money. It's billions of dollars. Thank you, Desiree. And I'll speak to you during the week, I hope. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Yeah. You know, when I went to this women's thing, and uh, these women were incredible, I... Yeah, I found out about so many things. I mean, I think I have a lot of knowledge of certain things, but so many other things. And I... uh, don't know of this program, but I'm going to do some homework on it. And hopefully uh, when she comes on again, she'll be able to really talk about it because that sounds like incredible. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you say it all the time. Knowledge is power. I mean, who even knew about some of these programs? No. I mean, and that's what she does. She goes around all over the country and talks yeah. about these programs. And I was amazed. So, you know, you could, and, and that's kind of why I, another reason I always go to things you know, you'd be surprised what you can learn. And yep. and I think mm-hmm. so many people live in a kind of box where they kind of are not open. And, you know, I I learn from every, you know, there's always something you can learn and there's always mm-hmm. someone you can learn from. And I have to say that this this is was all women who were very successful. I mean, like I felt they were mathematicians, they were scientists, they had all these businesses. And they were very willing to share, which I find most professionals who are successful, whether they're men or women, uh, are always willing to share. So if you are someone starting out, um, you should find a mentor. Uh, and I think that I think that it's easier than people really think. Just make sure you find a mentor that knows what they're talking about. I would right. always say to someone, before you ask someone about a mentor, do a little research and make sure that they are somebody that at least is accomplished, that, they've, that they're not, you know, they're not giving you advice and they've never done anything. But I think most successful people are always willing to give you advice and mentor. And I, and I think that's so valuable. I've had so many mentors in my life. And that is why I try to mentor uh, whenever somebody asks me if they uh, need advice. I, and I just told somebody on the phone the other day who called me, I said, listen, it's not going to work like that. I think it's a bad plan. I think you have to rethink it. And uh, hopefully he will. So we're glad. When we're going to be coming right back. 
And uh, Jerry, I have a question. A 50-year-old Upper East Side man got kicked out of his mom by his mom. He promptly moved out of the apartment, and he's in the hallway. He's living in the hallway? Yeah. Like, what can they do about this? Okay, I'll give 50, you the, it was time to get out anyway at 50. But Yeah, uh, yeah well, I think it is. But it's an interesting story, and I, I thought, like, what would you... Let me... We'll tell you. He's lived with his mom. She threw him out. She couldn't take him anymore. And now he's in the hallway. Yeah, and the, the neighbors can't take him anymore. Well, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll be right back and see what, what Jerry thinks we should, what should happen there. I got a lot of ideas. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and um, I'm going to tell a little story that happens to be a true story, and then uh, I think we're going to talk with Ace about how to save tens of thousands of dollars in mortgage payments, uh, which really is... I mean, tens of thousands. But anyhow, Jerry, here's the situation, okay? Mm -hmm. A 50-year-old Upper East Side man got kicked out by his mom. Uh, He probably... 50. 50. I mean, he's been there too long, I would say. It's time to go. Okay, yeah, it is. I don't blame him for throwing him out. Anyhow, he probably moved out of their apartment and right into a cardboard box in the hallway. Oh, that's lovely. Okay? Now the landlord is suing him to get him out of the building. Having nowhere to go, the defendant began to sleep in a box in the hallway of the building. Mm. The landlord's suit says, if not in the hallways, he was found in the stairways or on the roof. Okay, so we had multiple places he went in the building. Mm-hmm. His 71-year-old mother gave him the boot because she couldn't take living with him anymore after three years of squabbling so loud that the neighbor complained, all the neighbors complained about the racket. Mm-hmm. Making matters worse for the neighbors, she won't let him in to use the bathroom. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay, so he urinates in the hallways and stairways. Sounds charming. The suits, yeah. this is, now, this is true. The suit states, the cardboard shanty blocks the entire fourth floor hallway, which is a mere two and a half feet wall to wall. A photo provided by a neighbor shows it can be seen laying on its side with its flaps folded one over the other. Most of the building tenants fear the man who did six years uh, in an upstate prison for mm-hmm. a rape. Okay. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so they fear him. So they're like, he, he somehow believes that he has the right to trespass and they're a little bit afraid yeah. of him, which I would be too if I knew that sure, sure. background. Uh, he was arrested just last week and recently appointed civil court judge, released him without bail, court records show. And uh, McPhail, who dropped by the building Thursday afternoon, despite the court order barring him from being there, claimed he was living in the box only for like a month because he's disabled and cannot afford an apartment of his own. Well, look, the reality is that, you know, we're not without sympathy to people that don't have a place to go, but that doesn't mean that you can just take up residence in hallways of people's apartment buildings. Uh, you, You can't. Whether she properly quote, evicted him or not is a different issue. And he could possibly raise that because, you know, you can't just 
after three You can't years, just throw somebody out. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, Jerry, I'd love you to do a part of a show on that because people, when they rent, if you rent to a tenant, you know, you just can't throw people out in the streets. Right. You, right. We, don't, we don't do self-help here. However, um, the hallways are not residential uh, occupancy areas of a building. You are not legally allowed to reside there, whether or not you own an apartment or rent an apartment or not. You simply can't. And I don't see why the landlord is tolerating this for a second. I would uh, immediately call the police and and have them remove him from the building. He is a trespasser. They should do that. Uh, And frankly, um, he should not be allowed back in the building. I would, if I were the landlord, I would also, um, you know, perhaps go to court and get some kind of a restraining order against him trying to reenter the building. This is a trespasser. Again, he may have an argument as to why he should be continue to be allowed in the apartment as to whether he acquired any legal rights by doing that. But that's as against the mother uh, who was who has dumped him out. Um, but certainly. So if you're a parent living- and your and your child like is an adult child who's lived with you for, let's say, let's say they're living here, they're 35. I mean, 50 is kind of pushing it. But let's just say they live with you for 15, 20 years. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, I've had it, you're out. And obviously, if they find the place, great. But if they don't, you just can't throw them in the streets. Do you have to do an actual eviction? Well, you know, once somebody is in a in a place for, you know, 30 days and they came into occupancy uh, legally, in other words, they didn't just break in and, 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 and squat there, uh, then you, you have to employ process. We call it process. It may not take as long as a regular eviction where a landlord is evicting a tenant, but nevertheless, you know, judges want to hear what rights they may have. You, you may have a defense that, listen, I paid for a year of, uh, of time in this apartment and, and therefore I'm allowed to stay. Courts are not, you know, looking to put people out on the streets if they can avoid it. This situation, you know, is uh, I think that the mother probably was trying to help this guy. He was trying to get back on his feet. But, um, you know, the, the people in the building shouldn't have to suffer him living in right. the hallways. That's, right. abs- that's absurd that the landlord's allowing that at all. The landlord needs to take action and secure their property. Yeah. So just remember, and we'll, we'll, we'll do a session on it. We'll do a, 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 some, some interesting parts of it, that when you have a tenant, uh, you know, and I, I've known people who've had, they have a lease, it's under their name, and maybe a friend says, look, you know, I'm, in between apartments, I'm looking to buy something or I'm looking to rent something else I haven't found. Can I move in with you for a small amount of time? And again, I think it varies by state, so I don't want to uh, talk about all states. But I do know that in New York, I think once you're in an apartment for over six months and now the person who owns the, who, who it's their apartment, they sign the lease says, you know what? You've been here six months. I think it's time that you move on. Um, I think you have to legally get them evicted. And I, I'd like to spend some time on that next week because I don't think people, you know, when you're doing some a fav- someone a favor, you have to also know that there's legal things that over a certain time, then yeah. you really just can't throw them out. You know, as the Dowager Countess on Downton Abbey said, no guests should be permitted entrance until their date of departure is well established. I love that show, by the way. Um, <laughs> don't don't let your guests in until you know their date of departure. Well, it's true. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's when true. When are you leaving? So, <laughs> you know, you've got an unlimited uh, stay here. Yeah, no, no. So you, you really have to know that. Uh, you have to know that 
the law and know that if you decide, you know, they're on my nerves now and they've overextended their stay and it's after a certain time. And I don't know, as I said, the laws in every single state, what amount of time that is. You just can't throw somebody out. You have to go through a legal yeah. eviction process, which could be timely. <laughs> Very. Oh, timely and expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just want to share that. Um, Ace, I want to ask you a question because I, 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 I know this. But I kind of read an article about it again, and I thought, well, you know, people should really know this. But I, it's uh, if you if you have if you take a third of your mortgage out, and you make biweekly payments on your mortgage, meaning that you pay that every two weeks. So even though you took a third of your mortgage out, and you mm-hmm. can, but you pay your mortgage every two weeks, you will cut your interest payments and shorten the term of your loan. And, and and it says that uh, you can save like so much money. Uh, like if you, it, uh, they had an example. They said if your loan amount was three hundred thousand dollars, and your interest rate was five percent, and then your monthly payments were sixteen ten. So uh-huh. uh, and then you buy week, you paid that biweekly. So you paid eight oh five twenty three biweekly. That. The end result that by making biweekly payments, not only will pay off your home four years and nine months earlier, but this person would have saved fifty one thousand five hundred thirty four dollars. You know what, Donnie? It's the best kept secret. Um, I tell all of my clients all the time, and I hope you're doing it too, Dottie. To I'm do not. So I and I know to do it, and I'm not doing it. So I, I think <laughs> I want you to repeat this next week also, because just in case somebody missed this. I know I knew of this, and I did it years ago on one of my houses, but I just, you know, forgot. And then I read this article. I said, oh, my God. So, Ace, tell everyone about what. Yeah, yeah so, Dottie, just simple math, right? So if you take 52 weeks out of the year and you divide that by two, it's 26 um, half payments, right? Now, 26 half payments equivalates to what full payments? 13 full payments. So there's 12 months in a year. By doing the biweekly um, program, you're actually paying an additional month's worth of um, principal just by doing biweekly, right, right off the bat, right? So, so do you have to, um, when you send the payments in, do you have to say anything or you just send them in twice? So you just sign up for the biweekly program and they just deduct it out of your account every two weeks. But what you're in essence doing is you're paying 13 full payments instead of 12 when you when you break it up to biweekly. Now, you know, the I guess the rule of thumb is when you take out a 30-year mortgage, usually in the be- beginning part of your term, you're paying 80% interest, right. 20% principal. By breaking up you know, to two bi-weekly payments, you're actually paying one payment towards the interest and one payment towards the principal. So you're actually paying principal, 50% of the principal, instead of paying 20%. So you're so paying... That's where you're- so you're, so you're, 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 you're paying... Instead of only interest in the first years, you're paying some extra principal. Exactly. You're paying 50% um, of the payment on directly towards the principal. So okay. you're breaking up the payment, and, and that's how you're actually saving about four, 4.9 years off of the mortgage. You know, Usually it's actually seven years, Dottie, if you, if, you, if you pretty much do it for the whole 23 years. You'll save about seven years off of your 30-year mortgage. So. Okay, so let me ask you another question. So let's say you're not sure if you're going to be able to, if you have to sign up for this program, let's say, uh, well, I guess you I guess you could pay for it. It's not really going to come out some more money then. 
it's it- um it's not for everyone, right? Because if you're if you're sort of um, just getting by paycheck to paycheck, and you like the fact that you're able to just pay your your mortgage, you know, the fifteenth of the month or the tenth of the month. Here, you'll have to have funds in your account, you know, by the first of the month because they'll right. take out uh, money on the first and then money on the fifteenth, right? So, you know, if you have a little bit of extra cushion. All right, we're taking a quick break. Post. I wish you just finish this up after the break because this is really important to know. And maybe if you can't do that, maybe you can just throw some extra money towards your mortgage when you have it. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back with with some tips on really how you can save a lot of money on your mortgage payments. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. And before we finish talking about those mortgages, I just have to say I, I, I have a text from Glenda Winter Irving, who's been on our show. She works for Citizens with Ace. Uh, she's been on our show for many years. Uh, she's great. And she is just saying, listening to your show while I wait to be called up for my citizen test, my citizenship test, I become a citizen today, assuming I pass the test. And you will pass. And please let us know. And congratulations. Yes, she's getting dual citizenship, Daddy. So she'll be an Australian citizen and also a U.S. citizen. Yeah, so she just texted us that she's been listening to the show while she's waiting to take her test. I just texted her some pointers. I think you, te- yes, I see your pointers. Yes, constitutional law questions. Did you want to say what that you? No, just things like, you know, dating porn stars does not disqualify you from becoming president. You know, things like that. that might if come they ask the that question. Yeah. They might ask. You yeah. know. Uh, here we go. Here we go. It is not in the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that, that would be like a current events question. Maybe. Could be, <laughs> yes. Have you been watching the news? i got to tell you, no matter which side of the political aisle you're on, who's not going to be watching 60 Minutes tomorrow night? I am just yes. captivated by this. It's well, like real-life reality television. Yeah, well, I don't even want to go there. It's just enough. She's going to be on. The, I don't, the stormy, I know, uh, I know, I know. What's the her name? Stormy are, Weather? Stormy, well, I don't stormy even, Daniels? Yeah, well... Uh, How's, how's the weather in New York, guys? It's, actually it's great. Gorgeous. It's beautiful out here. Stunningly it's beautiful. beautiful. It's stunning. And listen, I jo- we can talk about all the stuff that's going on, which to me is a little bizarre. But I just want to finish up for those of you who are listening because it's really important that if you cannot do a biweekly program and you really can't stick to it, like Ace said, so maybe you say, you know what? You know, you might just every once in a while. That's what I did when I bought one of my first houses. I thought, well, uh, whenever I have a little extra money, and it didn't matter how much extra it was or what, you know, it really didn't make a difference. I didn't have like a set number. I just paid it. I just put it towards my mortgage. And if you yeah, just, just pay one extra payment out of a year, um, if you can't do the biweekly program, mm-hmm. and it'll still save you right around four years off of your mortgage term. So just one extra payment per year. By the way, Ace, can the bank change it to semi-monthly to please people who are precise like me? Biweekly, biweekly has a, a dual meaning. It could be twice a week, but wait, bi-week, is, it, is it bi-monthly? I mean, 
No, bi-weekly is one of those very confusing terms. It it has a dual meaning. It means every two weeks or interchangeably, it can mean twice a week. Twice a week, yeah. So if you say semi-monthly, that means twice a month. This is why it's so much fun to live with me and go out to dinner because I I edit the (laughs) menu and I find typos. Well, now I'm assuming that bi-weekly would mean... It means two things. It has a dual meaning. It can mean every other week, every two weeks, or it can mean twice a week. If I have a bi-weekly class... That could mean that Scotty, I go twice Jerry's a week. Jerry's just trying to hurt your brain, that's all. Okay, okay. <laughs> just ignore me. All right. But, but look, that's a good point because one never knows. <laughs> but semi-monthly, who knows what that means. One never knows. But again, if you can't do that, you can you can just pay a little extra each month. And in this case, yeah, a little extra uh, could add up to a lot of money and save you a lot of years. And, if, and A said just one extra payment. So... Like, that should be a little goal of yours. I mean, how much? So just, you know, just one extra payment if you can. If you can't, you can't. But there's no, like, what if you do it one year and you can't do it the next year, it's okay. But it's amazing and, and how it adds sure, up. It, it really is. Huh? Yeah. So it's amazing. I, make sure when you, sorry, have to, guys. Make, yeah. sure, make sure when you make that monthly payment, a lot of times, Dottie, people will just send, send in the monthly payment. You kind of have to let them know that that extra monthly payment has to go towards principal, not the interest, right? Because that'll defeat the purpose. So make sure you're just letting the bank know that. So when you send that extra money. payment, which you make a note to the bank, I'm sending you an extra payment, and this should be applied to my principal. principal. Exactly. All right, folks. I hope you got that because it can save you a lot of money. And if you have the extra cash to do it and you don't have to do it every year, uh, you can just do it when you have to. It's maybe worth not buying or saving a couple of dinners up, but it's really worth it. It makes a big difference in the long run. So I, I thought that I, I thought that I should tell everyone that. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Good, okay, and um, I have to, another question. Someone just texted me, uh, and it says, "I live in a co-op in Midtown, and my living room wall abuts the wall of a new building." My wall was damaged during its construction, and mold keeps growing on it. Because of a licensing agreement between my co-op board and the new development, the developer's contractors have cleaned the mold and replaced the drywall three times in two years. So they have done the right thing. They've, you know, taken it out and put new new sheetrock up. But they do not share the mold test. In other words... They change it, but they don't share the, the, the test results with mm-hmm. me. Nor have they provided me with remediation paperwork. They say that verbally confirmation is enough. So they're saying, hey, listen, we've, done, we've replaced it, we've fixed it, and you have no mold left. Um, and he's basically saying that they're saying that the verbal is enough, and he's saying, well, I want something written. My co-op board and managing agent are not helping me get the paperwork either. They're ignoring my written request. What can I do? Why aren't they fighting for this tenant? I mean, who, whose side are they on here? Uh, look, if it's come back uh, three times <clears throat> over the last couple of years, there's a, there's a moisture penetration that's going on here that needs to be addressed. And they're just kind of, you know, doing the Band-Aid fix rather than going to the root cause, which is there's a penetration from the facade that's allowing moisture to come in uh, that is is then allowing mold to grow. Mold will not grow without moisture. So, you know, my fear here is that it's going to keep happening after the contractor is long gone. 
I would make a, a formal complaint that, the, you know, when you're a, a co-op owner, you are a tenant. The landlord, which is the corporation, the co-op that owns the building, has a legal obligation to maintain habitable conditions. And mold growth within an apartment is not a habitable condition. Well, so, they're saying they fixed it. Okay, so they're saying that we're fixed. We fixed it three times, and we've done it, and it's good, and our word is good, mm-hmm. and we don't have to give it in writing. Yeah, but so, that- but l- let me say, look, if you can't, and, and this is just advice, it doesn't mean you should take it. Obviously, if you can get them to put it in writing, so be it, but, because that's really ideal. But if, you're, but if you can't and you really want to, if it's only one wall, I, I don't, I mean, because I had mold, so, but it cost me a lot, but, I, but I, I had more than one wall. If it's only one wall, you might just get somebody in yourself. And if they find it that it's gone, fine. But if they find that it's still got mold, then they're going to have to fix it again. Yeah, the, the three times coming back is what's bothering me here. It seems like they're not addressing the underlying cause. They're just doing a Band-Aid fix. Here. Right. So, but, but if, you, if, you, if you get it done yourself... Because, you know, if you get it done yourself, then you'll know. And if mm. you get a clean bill of health, great. And if you don't, you can bring it back to them and they're going to have to do it again. You can also buy in, um, <clears throat> like Lowe's, they have these moisture detecting things, for lack of a better terminology, that you can put on the wall and it will detect if there's moisture penetrating. Uh, home inspectors use these all the time on sheetrock to go across and see if there's any moisture behind it. I would do that if I were them to at least see if moisture is coming back through the wall. You'll detect that before you detect the mold growth. Yeah. So I have another question since I don't think we have time for a whole new topic. I have a lot of them, but I don't think we have time. Uh, Jerry, my condo board wants to limit the amount of rentals in the building to two apartments. When I bought my apartment, it was my intention to rent it out. Mm-hmm. Am I exempt from the new rule? So this is a, a hot topic right now in, in uh, the law because condominium boards, in, in my opinion, I've observed, and I think Dottie, you <laughs> might agree with me, that condominium boards are acting more and more like co-op boards in this city, and it is annoying a lot of unit owners. If you buy a condominium, one of the reasons you buy it is because you want the uh, freedom to rent it uh, as long as you comply with the board's rules. And usually you have to do a minimum rental of a year and you have to give the board a right of first refusal and et cetera. But this idea of limiting the number of rentals in the building and making that rule come into effect after someone has bought the apartment, in my opinion, significantly diminishes the value. On the other hand, courts have routinely upheld things that diminish the value of condominiums after you buy them. For example, uh, transfer fees where the seller of the condominium has to give you know half of 1% or 1% of the sale price to the condominium association, which I thought was outrageous. Courts have upheld that. Uh, so you know who knows where the courts are going to come out on this. I think it's really, really a bad idea, and I think that people should resist it. The reason why people buy condominiums is to have the freedom to rent it. And if you're going to then pull the rug out from under somebody after they paid money for it and diminish their value, I don't think that's very fair. I really don't. So, so are they able to get away with that or not? Uh, my predict, you know, if I were the judge, I wouldn't like it. I would think that would be inconsistent with their, uh, that would be an overextension of their, of their rights. You know, if somebody bought in a condominium for residential occupancy themselves, they know going in, when I bought a condominium, I knew going in that my neighbors had a right to rent it. 
it should be no surprise to me because I read the declaration that a unit owner can rent their apartment. Therefore, the argument that you don't want transients in the building, well, but you knew that going in. You see what I'm saying? That's why you have to read the rules. Yeah. And so I think he probably hopefully will win. And so I guess my answer, what is your answer? Because the show is going to end in two seconds. I would fight that. I would fight fight that. Because, you know, you you were in when they allowed it. So I I don't know that they can just change it. And let us know uh, how you make out. We'd love to hear from you. Listen, it's beautiful outside. If you're in the city, uh, you, a lot of roads are closed because of the uh, well, the activity that's going on. But it's a wonderful day out. So enjoy it. And we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.